I put a spell on you and now you're mine. You can't stop the things I do. I ain't lying. It's been 300 years right down to the day. Now the witch is back and there's hell to pay. I put a spell on you and you are listening to a brand new episode of Doing Disney on Hocus Pocus. Theme song guy. On this podcast, we let it go. Because Hakuna Matata and the bare necessities will always be our guide to infinity and beyond. All it takes is faith and trust and a little bit of pixie dust. We know that life is better under the sea. Because on this podcast, we do Disney. Hi there, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Kelly Meehan, and welcome to Doing Disney. It's a spooktacular Halloween episode, and I have my fellow high witch from film coven, the one and only Melissa Woody. Melissa, how excited are you to talk about Hocus Pocus today? Oh, I am pumped. Like, this is a childhood classic for me, and I absolutely adore this movie. And it's it's iconic at this point, uh, so many things with it. So I'm excited to get into it. <laughs> Start at the beginning. Hocus Pocus, released in 1993, directed by Kenny Ortega, starring Bette Midler as Winifred, Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah, and Kathleen Jimmy as Mary. We followed the three Sanderson sisters, witches who were hanged on All Hallows' Eve in the 1600s for their black magic, including sucking the life out of children to remain young. 300 years later, new to town Max is taking his younger sister Danny trick-or-treating, when to impress the girl at school he likes, they break into the Sanderson house and he lights the black flame candle. This brings the witches back for one night only to complete their spell. The children attempt to run away, taking Winifred Spellbrook with them, joined by Thackeray Binks, a boy turned cat by the witches in their era, starting a spooky cat and mouse game across the town as the witches pursue them and they try to protect the town from the witches. We have a climactic scene in the town graveyard that sees Max drink the draining life potion meant for his younger sister, but before the spell is complete, the sun rises and all three sisters are turned to dust. Tale as old as time. You mentioned it's a childhood classic. It is for me as well. So what are your first memories of seeing the film? Yeah, I think the first time I saw it had to be on the Disney Channel. Like, I I feel like they played this movie every year and I feel like I watched it every year uh, when it was playing on TV. And then we, we probably owned it on VHS at some point, but I feel like the most times I watched it was like on like TV on the Disney Channel. Um, and I loved it and I still love it. <laughs> like it's what just age great. range do you reckon you saw it at first? Like if you could somewhat approximate a date. Um, because yeah, it came out in ninety three. So like, I like I was only two years old at that point. So I it definitely was not when it first released. So I, I would imagine I was probably like eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that range. And I and I was always a spooky girl, and I was like, this is this is great. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't believe, as you sort of said, it's been thirty years since the release date. So same when it was released bit too young to see. Uh, I didn't have Disney Channel until uh, I was a little bit older, 14-ish. So this is definitely one I remember at sleepovers. Like absolutely can picture myself going down to Video Easy and pulling it off the shelves and the big VHS cover, like the, the big boxes that you, they used to come in, um, the three ladies on the front cover. Because this is something I love about this film is that your bad guys are the best part of the movie. They are the selling point of the movie. 
And sometimes it's really hard to come by. And all three of these women are just so charismatic. It's amazing. But definitely, uh, yeah, one of those absolute classic sleepover movies I would have seen. Same age range, probably about 9, 10, definitely 2001. So I remember seeing it then. Because when that when it, when it starts, like I get the chills and I get the nostalgia goosebumps for that that opening scene, just the flying over the town with the credits rolling. It's it's a nothing scene, like it's not the most spectacular opening you've ever seen, but it makes my heart flutter. I'm like, yes, and I really do remember sitting in my friend's living room, eating pop tarts, eating like Wonka candy and stuff like that that we did at the time, and watching this movie. So uh, I guess that's a big question I have, Melissa. This one in particular, I really see people our age, most most commonly women, uh, who have gravitated to this film. Because do you find, as we're on the 30th anniversary, I've seen that it's become back into pop culture status in probably the last five to ten years. Like it's had a big resurgence and it seems to be people like us who are like, hocus pocus, I grew up with that, I love it. Because if you haven't, I hear a lot of, it's fine, but you probably needed to see it at the time, like a Goonies sort of situation. Do you agree with that? How have you found it? Yeah, no, it, it does seem like the the people who grew up on the movie tend to, like, love it um, versus, like, if, if you've just seen it for the first time, you know, in the last five years or whatever, it seems like, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the description I typically hear is, like, cheesy, corny, over-the-top, <laughs> g- generic. But, you know... I. I think those are the things that I, I love about the movie. Like, I, I think it's very endearing and it's, I think it's a great Halloween movie too. Just like this, this is my annual Halloween watch. Like, and it's funny too, because uh, my, my husband loves it, which I, I wouldn't think this is a movie that he would typically like, but he, he is one that grew up on it. So I, I don't know if it really is just, we're all stuck in the nostalgia or not, but I mean, I, I, I think it's a, a really fun time and I, I still really love the movie. So I, I'm not sure what the true disconnect is, but maybe it is nostalgia. I don't know. <laughs> I think and that, that, that simpler time that, uh, yeah, it just gives me sleepover vibes. So that's what makes me so happy. Uh, Alan's the same. Like I, I, we walked in the other day when I was watching, watching it on the TV, he just sat down and watched the rest of it with me. But I think that's the Sarah Jessica Parkerness of it all. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did read uh, somewhere that um, in t- uh, 2021, it was the like a top streamed movie on October 31st. So I, I think like you're saying, like it's I think with like streaming and just it's it's kind of become this cult classic, too. Um, yes. where where people just are religiously watching this on Halloween because it's just a well, great like said, Halloween it's, movie. It's a great <laughs> Halloween movie. It takes Sometimes we don't have our Halloween movies that take place like on Halloween night. It's like sometimes like around the time where we watch spooky movies, but actual Halloween set dates, and especially ones that are family-friendly. And I was watching this the other day. I was like, this is a great family movie, and I really miss that time of most mostly the early 90s but I'd say through the 90s where we had great family films like we really lived in like a golden age of growing up 
in those types of uh, live action family films. So I think this, I like that this one's enduring. I see it at uh, Disneyland now. Like I saw they do like that, like Hocus Pocus. Um, they did the songs and stuff. And then they had um, Minnie, Daisy and Clarabel dress up as the Sanderson sisters. And even this year I saw that they're selling Minnie Mouse dresses, Winifred popcorn buckets. So uh, yeah, I'm really loving that this is, they've all come back in. I've, I'm seeing um, Jim Shaw pieces created. I'm seeing the Hocus Pocus coloring books. So there's really a market for it. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2, let's just get to it at the top of the show. It's not what we're talking about today. Uh, Melissa, I know we were slightly disappointed. I still had a good enough time with it, but if it wasn't, if it wasn't made, I wouldn't feel any loss. I'm going to put it that way. Yeah, I, I, I think ultimately, like I was saying, I think the streaming market saw like mm. how well it was doing and it, it has kind of found this cult following in its later years that they're like, oh, we're going to make money by making this second one. <laughs> and I mean, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I, I don't know for sure. But I, I thought the film was just not good. Like, I, I think it lacked the character and soul of, of, of this first one. Um, it, it just felt very commercialized. It, like, yeah. they spent way too much time in that Walgreens. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was I was really upset. I was just like, okay, we get it. This is sponsored by Walgreens, but it just, I, 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 yeah, I just I didn't need I just didn't need it ultimately, need it. and it yeah. and it didn't it didn't add enough unique or more to the story at, at this point. So I I just kind of pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> is where I'm at with it. <laughs> it's my favorite part because you'll see. Speaking on the original. What is one of your favorite scenes from this one? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> like, and we, we I, joked at the top. We're probably just going to recite the whole movie. We're just probably going to go through it all. But it is one of those ones where we do just have such a fun time watching the, the entirety of it. But pick, pick one. Yeah. Um, the one I'll pick is just the entrance of, of the of the witches of um you know Ma max uh, lighting the black uh, lidded candle and them coming in and in uh, coming back to life like i i think it has a good amount of like practical and kind of some animation that's a little kooky but i i don't know that whole scene just really works for me and i i love that they're like um excited to be back and uh <laughs> You know, and it starts the whole film. Um, so I'll, I'll just say that. That's my favourite uh, scene. I like that one as well. And they just like, as you sort of said, they're so joyous to be back. Like they start dancing around. It's like they haven't left. And I sort of really like that aspect. They didn't go in straight away with the them being fish out of water. It's like, no, they're back in the house and they're walking around. And so just Kapaga still finds her lucky rat's tail. And, of course, Mary sniffs out, children, Winnie, I smell children. Uh I, I actually get a really big jump scare when Danny's hiding under the counter and they go, huh, and slam on the counter. She, she saw a bird jumps up and does this perfect little, huh. And uh, that's what I think is so good about this movie as well is that it still gives me like a little, those little frights and stuff that I think are really uh, actually 
for Spooky. Like, gives me a bit of a jump, gives me a bit of a scare, makes the sisters not a joke. They are still quite threatening, actually. And so, and I like the interaction that Danny has with them. Like, I called these sisters, like, good to see that they that you have arrived, you know. Oh, what a clever little witch. I just, I love all the interactions that the, that the Sanderson sisters have with our, our protagonists. It's so hard to say because we talked at the top. It's like the other way around where, like, we're not supposed to be cheering for the Sanderson sisters, but it's really hard to remember the bad guys sometimes. Yeah, I mean, not to get into the costumes uh, or the look of them right off the bat, but I just, everything these three witches do is like so iconic. And I, yeah, and I love the specific looks of all three of them. And um, yeah, so they steal the show. Like they steal every scene and they're just hamming it up too. Like all three of these actresses are just having like the time of their life. And it, it very much shows. But at the same time, like, going to, like, the protagonist, like, I I, I like Max, and I, I and I, I like Danny, too. Like, I, I think Thora Birch really adds, like, she has a maturity to her mm. to her role and her uh, character, I feel like, even though she's, like, I think seven or eight years old, or that's uh, at least the age that she's supposed to be portraying. I feel like there's this maturity about her, and I, I really like that. And I think her screams and, yeah, her little, like, uh, laughs and screams throughout the movie like are just really endearing and cute um and i i, I really like it <laughs> one of my favorite scenes actually picks up not long after this is uh the sisters being out and about on the town i do like when they do start to get out of the house and they come across the road and it's like they think it's like a black lake like a black river and they're like but how do we know and winifred and mary just push Sarah into it and Sarah Jessica Parker's just jumping around. Tis foo! Like, I just, I like, and then them going about into Halloween night and being so confused because, of course, they've never experienced it before. So they know that there's children around, but they can't see it. And this little girl dressed as an angel just comes up and gets out of, bless you, and they scream. <laughs> or, uh, uh, we need to form a calming circle. <laughs> That's another one. Yeah, <laughs> another one of them just uh, learning to interact with the 20th century at this point. Um, oh, an absolute classic is when what what do you call this contraption? It's a bus <laughs> when they come across the bus driver. <laughs> Farewell, mortal bus driver. <laughs> so Jessica Parker just driving the bus and everything. It's great. Yeah, just sitting on his lap and like <laughs> jumping around. Yeah, no, it's it's great. <laughs> Which other scenes stand out to you, Melissa? I mean, the, the one I almost was going to bring up, but I, I felt like it might come up later, but I, I'm bringing it up. It, 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 I put a spell on you. Uh, or that. I mean, that scene is just like that song and dance number. And like, uh, that's what I think about when I think about this movie is that song is that scene um, because it's just it's the perfect song for like Halloween. And then it also fits with like the story because they're putting a spell like on all the kind of adults um, in the, at this party. And it just, it's, it's so great. <laughs> this is like one of those hallmarks of, of family movies in the nineties as well. It's just having like one killer song musical moment that people latch onto. Cause, cause you're right as well. Like I, I love this scene, it's one of the ones I think of. It also goes back to what I was sort of saying with um, them being threatening because 
the they are on the tail of the kids like the whole way through it's not always that they're up on these side adventures like they pop up out of nowhere and that's really scary too so when the kids are trying to find their parents for this halloween party loving all the costumes love the mama's madonna like such a great reference um they are there as well and people like don't realize it's really them because of course it's a costume party uh and then you get winifred delivering the absolute one of those famous license points thank you max for that marvelous introduction <laughs> it's so good uh and just like getting up on stage and they go into full girl band sister act mode uh and as you sort of said it's really good that they are casting a spell dance dance until you die and that's one of the characterizations i love about these witches is that they use like those old incantations and and things like that so it makes it feel a bit more less it's still magic but not just like one flicky magic sort of thing it's that oh it's old magic which i really love yeah i i think i can't remember if it was the scene that i had brought up with them like coming back to life or if it was the first first seed with emily but like i i like when they say like the spell chant and then they're like just like this and it's like all in like <laughs> like sync with each other but like you're saying mm. it's like it's still like feels magical um but like i i don't know I, I i love the musicality and like the rhythm of this movie yes. too like it just it, it, it just feels it flows really well it, it feels like a, a dance in a way i think a large part of that's thanks to the director kenny ortega like yeah did not know how influential this person was in my life for so long with hocus pocus <laughs> episodes of gilmore girls and then the descendants movies i'm like oh my goodness because i miss i miss the high school musical train but I'm, I was back on the Descendants train. But yes, when I found out it was this one as well, I'm like, that makes so much sense. And as we sort of say, this musical scene as well, I think that makes, that clicks a lot of um, pieces into place. I, I agree that the Thackeray Binks, like give them fair as black as black. And they all, and you're right, they start swaying in motion with one another. That's really hard. This is an audio podcast and you and I are both sway to convey that. <laughs> and I, I will say on, on this rewatch, um, the, uh, the scene with, Emily and Thackeray at the beginning of the film I I, I honestly re didn't realize kind of how dark some of the stuff was Thank like you. I yes. with like so because they're kind of all like celebrating and dancing after they sucked the life out of Emily and Emily's just like straight up in the background like hunched over <laughs> like dead yep. dead and I'm just like this is dark and then like cut to you know a scene later they're getting they like are hung. Uh, yeah, you see the feet dangling. And Very just, Jojo Rabbit. And it's just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's a fantastic point. And it's something through some of these Disney rewatches I've been doing for the podcast, or just if I'm having a nostalgia feel in general, when we go back and watch things as an adult as opposed to a kid, sometimes we just got a bit of a different perspective on it because even as a kid you know that, oh, yep, that's not good and all of Zachary, Zachary Binks is a, is a cat for a long time. But when they actually really started morphing him, I'm like, oh, this is rough. And then when he's 300 years, the part as well when he goes up and rubs the legs of his dad and can't say anything because he's just a cat, that's breaking my heart. So, yeah, it's nice to get that. Now that we have a perspective on time, a perspective on a better, better grasp of emotions and what that actually would mean, things do hit a little bit different. Also, now just being a black cat owner, um, anytime that cat gets flattened and at the end of the movie I cried and I couldn't look at the TV and Alan had to tell me when it was over because, yeah. Also, uh, 
not quite labyrinth level of special effects, but doesn't look as great as I remember it looking as a kid. No, totally. Yeah, there's definitely some goofy kind of animation here and there. Um, and like the the film is like primarily at night and pretty dark. Um, so mm-hmm. I think I think overall it does a pretty good job because like it's hard to kind of have things well lit or you know look nice in the dark. But no, yeah, there's definitely some kind of goofy stuff. But overall, I, I think it works. <laughs> you ain't never had a friend like me. Uh, we've been wanting to talk about him the whole time, so let's get into some of these characters. Uh, I am a Winifred. I think this is one of those ones like Ninja Turtles or things like that where you can sort of maybe like your favourite tends to be who you maybe identify with. I've always loved like a leader character. I love a, a Blossom from the Powerpuff Girls. I like any, any of those types of characters. So someone who's a bit smart and a bit snappy, very um, Dorothy from Golden Girls as well, gives me those sorts of vibes. And Bette Midler eats it up. She does so good. She brings all her stage theatricality to it. You can tell she's so inspired by Shakespeare, Macbeth, like it's very bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. And as we've been sort of saying, very those old, old feelings of magic, needing a spell book, needing the incantations. But not only that, it's the way she punctures some of her, her words, like the accent that she's putting on and, and her pronunciation of it all uh, just really uh, tickles me pink. It is a really fun uh, impression to do. <laughs> Melissa, who is, what do you think of Winifred? Oh, I, I love her. She, she's also my favorite um, because I mean, pretty much all the reasons that you just said, but like, just to expand upon that, like, yeah, Bette Mid- Midler's like having the time of her life. Like it's such a fun character to play and y- you could just, you can tell, I feel like with certain actors or performances, you can just tell how much fun they're having and it's very much what's happening here. And yeah, the inflections on that, like how she says some of the quotes and things like, <laughs> they're just so great and like i do love uh the the teeth and the like the lipstick the lipstick yeah it's yes. like, it's so great and i i apparently uh bed midler like helped design the costume for Renafred. she's like i'm not gonna just wear a black dress so i i, I appreciate that she kind of added uh her own uh flair i guess to the character in, yeah. in, in that respect because i i love those tights the striped tights <laughs> So oh great. yes <laughs> yes and like the nice big necklace and everything and even, even the the blush like the real just circling blush pink cracks me up but Winifred's are typical um the brains of the operation if you will so she's the one that's that's making things get done she's the oldest sister so the younger two definitely looking up to her um and i like we've been talking about the musicality remember winnie remember like how she's the one who's um has the book book sorry it is it is i'm just gonna be just saying the quotes i'm so sorry this sometimes happens with i found this happens with movies that i really love it's sometimes almost overwhelming to be able to pinpoint the things because it becomes just such a part of us. And as, as you're saying, Melissa, like to be watching it so frequently, to be watching it every year, the less, it all starts to blend together, but in the best way possible, like in a, in a big, beautiful package. So it's hard to pick out those little things or just to not say the things that we feel are so ingrained in us. Uh, let's talk about Sarah played by Joe Joseph Kapaka. What do you think of sister Sarah? Yeah. Um, so sorry just to keep bringing up the costumes but sorry uh i I love anything where everyone has their own distinct color i love that 
yeah so apparently her costume was kind of designed or inspired by sleeping beauty and you can totally kind of see that in uh and yeah no i i love sarah uh sarah and i love that, that her name's sarah, sarah, sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she kind of plays like the dim-witted uh sister but like again i i find her character very endearing um at, at the end of the day um and I mean, we'll get into it probably later, but like, I, I love the song that she sings later mm-hmm. in the movie. And I, I will say, like, I guess a criticism to her character is it does seem like she's pretty horned up. Uh, I don't I don't know. Like, she always is like, I want to play with them. And it's like, it, 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 it kind of is this weird gray area where it's like, what do you really mean? And she kind of is always like, boys, boys, and like wants to flirt. Uh, so... <laughs> which is fine but sometimes it kind of can be a little creepy (laughs) uh all i have in my notes is boy hungry dot seductive so thank you for um adding a lot more words to that than i was going to be able to because those are the scenes that stand out to me as well it's like let me play with them winnie or uh when it's i'm young again boys will love me but that's 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 the character that's fair the other part i like is that she's just off um dancing around in the background like she's just living her best life off in the corner sometimes so dead man's toe which is back in the corner screaming dead man's toe or um Winifred and Mary are talking is oh a spider <laughs> and just starts eating the spider from plucks over on the bush so she's just uh she's just uh, li- just helping out living her best life she does her job that's what she says as well at the beginning when Mary says I noticed sister Sarah's not helping and she's like I've done my job so uh, she she's got her plus sides. She knows what her strengths are. Lives her life with that. How do we find Mary? Yeah. So like her her costume. Just to start out with that again. Uh, it's like designed as like a baker's uniform which is so it it very much gives me like mrs lovett vibes um yes and i i love i really love the style of her hair that it's like a witch's hat it's like (laughs) and then like kind of this the uh her like lips or she kind of like smirks to the side a little bit or like talks like the side of her mouth and i i think it really like adds to that character um but yeah she she's the one who can like sniff out children um and you know again (laughs) I feel like these characters, I feel like Winifred probably out of the three steals the show probably the most. Uh, But no, like, I think she's a fun, like, comic relief type of character. I mean, so is Sarah, too, though. Like, this movie's pretty funny. Like, there's definitely a lot of, like, comedic moments. But I would say, yeah, she's definitely more, like, the comedic of the three, I guess, I would say. Very middle sister, very Jan Brady. Um, very much <laughs> has her purpose, sniffs out the children, is a sounding board for Winifred, is very much like a right-hand man for Winifred, gets a lot of things done. Uh, my absolute most favourite Mary has to, moment has to be when um, it's come, we fly, and Winifred sets off on the broom, Sarah sets off on the mop, and she's got the vacuum cleaner, Winnie, <laughs> and flies off on her <laughs> vacuum cleaner. I still think that is such great comedy, uh, yeah. great visuals, great physical. Kathy Najimi with the physical comedy in this movie is really bringing it. Um, and as we sort of said earlier with the Danny scene, like she's really good at those like um, playfully poking around, poking fun, like when she's poking at Danny, like sniffing him at her and things like that. It's it's a lot of those little um, mannerisms that she's able to bring out in Mary that give that character a lot more depth than being a forgettable side character. So I really think each actress is able to elevate and hone in on their oh, 
caricature is not the right word, but what they're aiming to bring from each individual sister and what, what, how as a team, what makes them so formidable. Yeah, they definitely have like their unique quirks and like, yeah, and things that they bring to the character that like, it's iconic at this point sorry to keep saying that word i just feel like a lot of it's like like movement movements and like the way that they say things and it just it's it's iconic (laughs) i'd love to let protagonists into one because we do mostly get all interactions from them how do we find um our modern day folk max danny allison and i'll throw in thackeray binks in there as well yeah i i mean i think they're all great um i mean not to get weird but like um max and allison as like a bisexual woman they were definitely part of my bisexual origin story (laughs) because i'm just like they're both these two beautiful teens and i'm just like living for it and like (laughs) i love their little love story that they kind of have uh in this movie it's 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 pretty innocent just like you know school school day crush type of thing um but no i mean i so like from that perspective it's like very nostalgia and like i just i I think they're very cute um but like watching it as an adult i'm just like yeah he's definitely like very modern and like they kind of like lean into that he's like from california and has like the tie-dye shirt and stuff i I like that scene of them in the classroom with that, that that teacher looks really cool as well that she's just so into it which is great and i love that allison schools him on what all hello Eve is about how smooth is that move with like well if Jimi hendrix comes back give him my number and passes her, her his number i'm like whoa like i don't know any 15 year old boys when i was growing up that would have had the balls to pull off that move in front of the class but then i like the one-upsmanship of later on when she oh hang on costumes this red cloak of hers the red witch's cloak that she has Oh, so good. When he catches up with her and she gives him her number, but it's his number back. I think that's what you're sort of saying with that, like that little cute repartee that they have with each other. Yeah, they kind of, it's like they're kind of playing hard to get almost with each other. Or like, I guess maybe she is more so because he's like all about her. But um, (laughs) which I will say, a scene I really love is when he's like in his room, like hugging his pillow and he's like, oh, Allison. And then Danny pops out and it's like, whoo. Thank God, because this is about to get real weird. <laughs> I'm like, is this a Disney movie? <laughs> How do you find the Max Danny sibling relationship? Because I'm an only child, uh, so I have no idea what it's like. But for some reason, this gives me very probably what true to life a lot of sibling relationships had. A very older brother, younger sister relationship with, um, especially like uh, you're going to be taking me trick or treating, and then she just screams, "Mum!" So if you're not, if it's not my way, Mum's getting involved. Like that seemed very real to me. Melissa, how do you find their relationship, their sibling relationship? Yeah, no, I I, f- I found it really realistic because I think I, I kind of like the personality. I feel like a lot of their personality comes out in different scenes. So like, for example, when like they're trick or treating and at this point, we know that Max kind of got bullied by um, those two bullies and um, they're kind of crossing their path. And, but, but Danny's like, not is like kind of being more of the quote unquote older sibling in a way of like kind of standing up to them and, and not being scared. But then, he's kind of like nervous about it. So I, 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 I like scenes like that where it kind of shows, you know, the, the tenacity, I guess, of, of Danny and maybe uh, the cowardness <laughs> of Max a, a little bit. But like at the same time, there's different scenes where like he is the older brother and like kind of s- saves her mm-hmm. from the witches and stuff. So like I, I kind of like that 
I don't know, uh, push and pull between them. And yeah, I, I found their relationship very, very realistic and true to life. Like, um, it, you know, it's not exactly like the relationships I have with like my siblings per se, but like it, it, the dynamic is there. Like it, 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 I, f- I found it really realistic for them. Yeah, I think you can tell that she really looks up to him. Truly loves her older brother, especially as you saw said in that scene. She's like, "My older brother's here, Max." Like she, he's going to come in and deal deal with the bullies. And even then, when they're making fun of Max for dressing up, it's like she's he's a little leaguer. Like just so earnestly, so earnestly, she's saying that. And I think that's part of that. Yeah, she just he's he she looks up to him. He she he, he's all she has for family wise and wants to go trick-or-treating with him and max it'll be like old times and he's oh, i think one of the lines is can't you just not be a cool teenager for one night <laughs> something like that so obviously their relationship's going through a bit of a change and they've just moved out here obviously max isn't thrilled about it danny's being able to adapt but um yeah just being able to see as you sort of said that push pull but really at the end when it's i love you i love you too it's it's really quite sweet um, how do we find Thackeray Binks? <laughs> well, I think for the longest time, I did not know his name was Thackeray Binks. Because <laughs> I definitely thought they were saying Zachary, which I think a lot of people did. Because I was like, oh, there's a TH? Okay. No, I um, I would say he's probably one of the weaker characters for me. I, I like when he's in cat form, though. Like that That's like my preferred Thackeray. Uh, when he's in human form, I, I don't know. It, it does kind of take me out of the movie a little bit. Like... I, I don't really find him um, from the past. Like that's a '90s hairstyle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and also a uh, fun fact: uh, he he was actually dubbed like the, he, like another actor dubbed his voice for both the human role and the cat role because I guess he sounded too modern. Um, which I, but it, you can't really tell to be honest. Like. When I was like looking up some stuff, just some fun facts, I was like, "What, really?" <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I guess he was dubbed his vo- his voice because he sounded too modern, and I would argue he also looks a little too modern. So maybe just cast somebody else. <laughs> uh, I agree. Like Catform Binks, I really wanted to call Astro Binks and Alan Vito, and I'm still salty to this day. So Alan, when you listen to this, I'm still salty about that. Um- <laughs> But it is good as our, our guiding character, our voice of reason. It's nice to have, like, that little pet sidekick sort of thing. He comes in and saves the day a lot. Uh, I like his interactions with the witches. I think those are probably the strongest as well when he's having back and forth with Winifred. Like, um, Thackeray Binks, still, like, mangy and, and better than you, you old hag, like, still being able to throw it back at them and taking his role seriously as, like, protecting protecting making sure the witches don't come back it is really sweet at the end when he's reunited with emily and i think that's obviously that really good parallel between the max and danny relationship so i think that's a a good through line listen well all of you melissa what are some of your favorite quotes yeah i I know we've been like we haven't said them already (laughs) (laughs) the whole time because there's so many good ones but yeah, I mean, it probably has to be, oh, look, another glorious morning. It makes me sick. <laughs> like, it has to be that one. <laughs> uh, the gift I sent you this morning, by far, one of those courses absolutely made it into, like, my daily 
daily routine nearly this Sunday. It really is some mornings I wake up and there's the sun shining through the windows and I have to go to work and it's another glorious morning. <laughs> it's also this and the Madame Mim quote from The Sword and the Stone. She's like, I hate sunshine. And I'm like, these are my two idols. These are two of my childhood movies. No wonder I turned out the way I did. <laughs> Uh, another one I really like, and yeah, it's all in the Bat Midlerness of it all. When um, Billy screams at her, "Go to hell!" Oh, I've been there, thank you. I found it quite lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, an- another one I love too has to be book. And it's like, oh, come so and it's like, come home, make my make myself known, or you know, something like that. But it's it's mostly the book part. Like sometimes me and my husband literally will just like yell at each other, book. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> we just we just love the way she says it. Oh, it's just it's just the way she like intones everything is fantastic. And then again, all my quotes of Winifred ones is come, we fly. <laughs> like how good is that? I'm gonna start saying that as I leave the house. Usually it's getting you all, but um, I might need to change it from being girls to come we fly. <laughs> yes, I had come we fly in my notes too, because I'm just like love, love love that quote. Um, also, I realized the, the the scene I brought up earlier. I didn't even say the quote. That kind of it, it's the titular title of the movie when Max is like, mm. "It's a bunch of hocus pocus," you know, r- right before he he lights the candle. I I, I do like that one, and I, I I am the type of person that I kind of do like when they say the title in a movie. Sometimes it can be annoying, but I usually kind of love it. <laughs> You've become the once upon a time in Hollywood. They said the title. <laughs> That's yeah. the point of the screen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one song i have but one song we talked about it a bit earlier but it's got some great song and dance moments in this one what's what are some of the highlights of the score and soundtrack to you yeah i mean i i do think the score is great like i it it definitely gives me like 90s family uh spooky kid vibes like (laughs) it really like excels in that but yeah, I mean, definitely, I, I put a spell on you and uh, come, little chil- children. Kind of, those are like the two main songs I would say. And like, I I love both in different ways. Like, uh, I put a spell on you is like the big kind of song and dance number. Again, it's 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 the thing that makes me think of this movie. But the come, little children song, I I think it's it has the right amount of like creepiness to it, but it's also kind of beautiful too and haunting. Um, and I, I also really like that kind of sequence. It's not very long, but I, I, I do kind of like uh, Sarah kind of, she's kind of like dancing on her broomstick and moving her arms kind of in a, I don't know, haunting kind of way. Um, yeah. Very, um, very, it's a Pied Piper moment. It's her calling the children. It's like a seductive song um to yeah lure it's alluring very siren-esque so I, I like that too and the fact that it's just that soft little lullaby it's a beautiful little melody and it's one that does get stuck in my head and they replay that that little bit of the melody throughout the film so it's almost a little bit like their leitmotif like the Sanderson song is this little come little children and something even freakier that it's from the um 16th 17th century from when they were back then and the fact that it's come back it gives me very um ring a ring of roses like things about the plague like it gives me those sorts of nursery rhymes that are really something quite sinister underneath it all so I like that through line yeah this is your badness level <laughs> how evil is the bad guy so 
we've been talking about them the whole time that they're just so much fun but i do think as i sort of said there is always a present of danger they do always pop up so they pop up at the house they um the moment when they're in max's room when they think they're safe and max goes to the bed and it's not danny in the bed it's sarah in, in his bed and winifred and Merritt pop out of the out of the cupboard i think that's freaky um when they're driving the car is suddenly the witches are there on their brooms and can i see your driver's license i think they're always that looming presence of danger and i've been saving it till the end to talk about now but what do you think about the graveyard scene at the end and there's an ending climatic final battle scene yeah, no, I I, th- I think it's really effective. Like, again, some of the animation or whatever the effects maybe aren't, they didn't, like, age the best. But I think overall, it's, it still really works. And I, I, I like that they kind of turn into stone and, like, ex- explode, basically. <laughs> um, it, it, it almost kind of gives me, like, a typical, like, vampire kind of lore, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, you know, if they s- see the, s- the sun, they, like, burst into flames. But, like... It, because like the sun's coming up and because of the spell and everything is kind of how it all happens. But I don't know. Yeah. It, I, I really like the, the ending scene and I know we haven't even talked about him yet, but I, I do love Billy. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that side character. You know, he's not in the movie for a terribly long time, but I, I do really like the aesthetic of the character and I, I kind of like his sass uh, <laughs> and that he's willing to help the kids kind of save the day um and i also kind of like the the background that it's sarah cheated with with billy even though it, it, he was with uh Winter, winifred so i, I kind of like that uh i guess lore of like their backstory <laughs> And he's very a monster movie where it's like, go chase after the children. So we do see him chasing through them, through the sewers, at the dance. So, again, it's that little bit of looming thread. I think this movie really toes the line really well of that um, the small tingles of feeling chased, of feeling threatened. It's like just just enough to keep their presence in where it's not the witches having their own movie and the kids having their own movie. They really do a really good job of intermingling it um, at every plot point on on the way through. Um, we've got some other lesser antagonists as well with the bullies. How 90s is this? Melissa, give me how 90s you think these bullies are. Um, yeah, it's it's very 90s. Again, like, definitely the way that they're dressed, like, in <laughs> ice is literally car- uh, car- in the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I will say, like, they're... I guess they add a little bit of like comedy and like something to the story to a certain effect, but like, I don't know. They're definitely one of the weaker parts for me. Like I I don't really need them, Um, (laughs) but they're, they're, they're very nineties, the way that they talk and dress and act. Uh, Yeah. Just like the textbook nineties bullies. Like (laughs) that's kind of what I would think. (laughs) Yeah. I like that you, it gives Max a little bit of character development and other people from the playoffs. So I like that they take the shoes and then later on you get the callback of the shoes fit great. And then you get the third callback of when they're hanging up because they've been captured by the Sanderson sisters when they're hanging from the cages and Sarah's just twirling them around. And Max later comes through and just pinches his shoes back. Something about that's very 90s to me as well, pinching his new 
uh, kicks. Um, and then you get those moments, as we saw said, during the uh, trick-or-treating night of them just tearing up the street and the interaction with Max and with Danny and stuff. So I think it's it's good foils, but I think that they've played to the right comedic tones. Practically perfect in every way. Uh, Melissa, is there anything about Hocus Pocus to, that you would like to bring up that we haven't been able to touch on yet. I think for me, it still just comes back to the legacy of it all. Like we touched at the top of the film. It is hard to get into what makes it so great because it's one we just watch so frequently and now it has become part of our cult classic. It's, it's tradition, it's ritual. Uh, what are some of your final thoughts on the film? Yeah, no, I, I again, I, I think it's the perfect like Halloween movie and fall time movie to watch. Um, I, I do have a lot of nostalgia for it. Um, yeah, there, there's like a few things here and there that like, sure, if I I'm, if I have a critical eye or like thinking about it, sure. Um, but I just I, I just can't with this movie. It's just too much fun. Like, I just kind of let let that stuff roll on the wayside. Like, I'm just like, whatever. Um, uh, I, of course, have some fun facts. Um <laughs> But, like, uh, a really interesting casting that potentially almost happened for this movie was uh, Leo DiCaprio for Max. Um, oh! <laughs> but he was uh, busy with uh, what's eating uh, Gilbert Grape um, at the time. But that would have been interesting for sure. Because uh, Omri Katz, I don't really know what else he was in. I feel like he kind of was in this and then kind of disappeared. But, again, I thank you for doing it because I loved you as Max. <laughs> Um, and then an- another person that I thought would be interesting was uh, R- Rosie O'Donnell got um, uh, was almost offered the role for Mary, um, mm. but she didn't want to play a witch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, okay. Um, and then also Cloris Leachman is who they like wrote the Winifred role for, but like I can't see anyone else besides Bette Midler. Like that's her. She she overtook that role <laughs> at this point. Especially if, like we're saying, if you want to make it more musically or theatrically inclined, I think, yeah, she really absolutely nailed the role. Uh, it's nearly Halloween time for us, so I'm sure we'll probably sneak in another rewatch of this <laughs> when Halloween sneaks around. It's one of those ones. That's, I think it's like Nightmare Before Christmas as well. That's like I just don't get sick of it. If, if I do my yearly rewatch of it, I'm, I'm quite happy. Yeah, no, I I was like, I asked my husband, I was like, do you want to watch Hocus Pocus uh, with me for this podcast? And he was like, no, I'll watch it on Halloween. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. I'll watch it again then with you. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, I, I'm planning to rewatch this. I'm excited to rewatch it. And yeah, it's it's just, it's one I'd never get sick of. Uh, wonderful. Uh, Melissa, tell us where we can find you. Oh, you know, we... We do this show called Film Coven together. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's where you can find me and Kelly uh, highlighting women in cinema um, on everywhere you can find basically like Twitter, uh, 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 Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, Look out for all things Film Coven. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Doing Disney. We will see you all next time. Oh, I'm going to use our tagline. I don't care. Stay magical, everyone. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. It's fitting for this. Yes. <laughs> and when you come to the end, <laughs> stop! Thank you for joining me on this episode of Doing Disney. 
Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Doing Disney Podcast and Twitter at Doing Disney Pod.